Hi everyone, welcome, welcome. Uh, we're starting our evening chit chat uh, with myself, Kishore Chandra, and Jai Jagannath. Uh, he'll be signing on in just a moment. Welcome, Sid, Hare Paul, Hare Krishna, everyone. Uh, we're getting started with our evening chit chat. Welcome, Sham, Hare Paul. Sorry we missed uh, this weekend. Um, we're going to be making some Kishore Gopal, Hare Paul, Hare Krishna. We're going to be making some changes to the chit chat structure, which we'll tell you about. Nishkish. Hare Paul, Hare Krishna, everyone. We're just waiting for our Jai Jagannath to sign on. Hare Paul Kavi, uh, Geneva, welcome. And when Jai Jagannath signs on, we'll, we'll begin. We'll begin. Ah, he is here, everyone. Okay, he's just now coming. Welcome, Kareem. Hari. Hari Paul. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> what's up? Not much. How are you? Okay, I suppose I'm planning a trip to New York. Oh, are you? In a week. Whoa. Means I means I have a ticket, so I'll be going to New York. I guess that's the news. That's the news. Are you going for a visit? Yeah, I wanted to kind of get a sense of what was happening in New York. Um, mm. There, there's, yeah, there's a, a question of what will be my continued sort of presence and service mm. to the Bhakti Center in New York City itself, since everything is shifted online. Mm. <clears throat> One is not necessarily obliged to be in the city itself. So I don't know, I guess I wanted to get a personal sense of the environment. I kind of got a sense of what it is from you know, various sources, which it seems really bad. But uh, <laughs> I wanted to get my own personal sense and see some friends, visit some friends and all that. Yeah. So I guess that's the update on my side. Yeah, the update on my side is that two devotees from from New York, I suppose, they were living and serving in Bhakti Center. They've come. They've come here to Ecuador. And they're going to be staying here in Ecuador with me for about two months. Wow. So, yeah. So it feels really nice to, to have them here. And uh, like my family left and they came and it was just so immediately when they were here, they were like, let's rearrange the living room and where's the temple room and where are the, like this and et cetera. And it's been really nice already. We've been doing kind of like evening kirtans and like trying to motivate each other to get our japa done early. And it's just nice being around devotees like this but that's my that's my update i think it's interesting i mean there's so many interesting things but i think i think new york and big cities are so interesting for lack of a better for lack of a better way of putting it it's just <clears throat> it's uh yeah i don't know i don't know how you feel about it because like personal personally i have like a lot of feelings about new york but i'm also like born and raised in new york and i've i've for me, it was always really, okay, I'll start with this. For me, it was always very strange because yeah. growing up, I always saw how people wanted to come to New York. Like New York was like the place to be. And it never felt that way for me because I grew up there. And so for me, I was kind of just like, why does everyone want to come here? Like it's dirty and like, it's kind of crazy. And like, I love, I love my city, everyone. I'm from New York, native New Yorker. 
But it, I, it always was like this weirdness of just like, why does everyone want to like rush here? Why does everyone want to come here? And I've, obviously there's so many reasons, you know, like the possibility and the community and like, like this and et cetera. But I mean, we've, we've said this many times on a, in a joking way, but I think it's kind of true that like New York is kind of the epicenter of Maya. And so it makes sense why people would want to come to New York City because it's just like full enjoyment, full blast, you know, anything you want, it can be taken to the like umpteenth degree, you know, like whatever it is that you're searching out for in life, searching out for in life, it's like you will find that desire fulfilled in some sort of strange way in New York. So I think it's interesting now because when I left New York also, like it was very quiet it was very eerie, like people were leaving and it felt very strange. So I think that the, I mean, I'm very interested to see what your take is going to be on it when you go, because the probably city not, itself. Probably not <laughs> positive. It won't be probably, positive, I'm sure. I'm sure it won't be. I'm sure it won't be. I've already had a couple of conversations that were negative. <laughs> There's this Instagram called, um, what is New York? I don't know if you know this Instagram. No, I don't. It's called What is New York? And basically it just posts like all the ridiculous things that like happen in New York. So us, me and the devotees, we were, someone pulled it up on their phone and we were just like looking at all the crazy stuff. Going, and we were like, we made the right decision. Like we're, yeah. we're right where we're supposed to be. I mean, they, there's a, you know, I was talking to a different devotee today about this. Mm. And it's a similar topic. It was connected, but basically our attraction to a place like New York or a certain environment is because it complements our mentality mm. uh, as much as we would probably hate to admit it. Mm. You know, if we're attracted to an ungodly place like New York, and let's be real, New York is an ungodly place. It's a place for Asuras. And the word Asura means godly and Asura means not godly. Mm. We generally translate Asura as demon, <laughs> demonic, um, but it means like not Asura, not a godly place. Mm. And New York is definitely not a godly place. It's not a place that you go to to be inspired in mm. spiritual life or in God consciousness. So why would someone be attracted to go to such a place? Well, generally taking the spiritual factor out of consideration Generally, it's because it's, it matches uh, a thought seed mm. that we've cultivated, that we've allowed to blossom and to produce flowers. And that's the environment that most naturally or that is most congruent with the thought world that I've developed, mm. either consciously or inadvertently. I've developed my thought world in a certain way that attracts me to that ungodly place. So, yeah, I was talking to the devotee and was saying that the reason. Oh, yeah, I remember this afternoon. And I was just saying the reason we get attracted to these sorts of things because we're demonic. Mm. <laughs> like we have demonic, we grew up in a demonic culture mm. with demonic music and all the, all the major cultural, uh, <laughs> what do you say? Now to my rascal t-shirt right now. <laughs> all, the, all the main cultural edifices of mm the modern Western world are quite demonic. The, the, the academy, demonic. They don't teach anything about morality, ethics, God consciousness, spirituality. Um, only atheism is mm. basically at the center of it. You know, you get to learn science and physics and history. 
you get to learn about a world that is devoid of God, essentially. Uh, maybe until you get to college where you might enter in some religious classes or whatever. Um, so, uh, demonic. And then you have our, you know, the entertainment industry, the music, Hollywood. They nasty. They are really nasty. And we're not going to get into that because it may sound conspiratorial in nature. But I know those, what you're talking but, about. But for those I know who what know, you're talking. they know, you know. I know. They <laughs> on some nasty stuff. Like, the hip-hop industry specifically, I didn't know anything about it because I wasn't into hip-hop ever really growing up. I, 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 I had a spat of interest in hip-hop right before I met the devotees and didn't finish. Mm. Then some devotees sent me some sort of documentary type stuff about the hip-hop industry. Ugh, they are mm. so nasty. In Hollywood, too. Mm. You know, does the, what is it? The Weinsteins being exposed, that's just literally the tip of the iceberg. They into mm. some nasty stuff. So demonic. And they produce movies and music and things that we watch that are demonic in nature. Um, so in this way, these are just two of the major cultural edifices I mentioned. The entertainment industry, mm. the ac academy, the political landscape, mm. full, of, full of ungodliness. You don't hear hardly anyone bringing up the God point in any of their discussions, you know, and um, it's just, well, nowadays it's just like a social media thing, uh, practically. They run their campaign like a social media thing, mm. like an influencer, because so much of your votes now depends on whether or not people like you. And whether or not people like you doesn't have to necessarily deal with the points that you're making or the mm. policies that you're behind, but rather they have a sort of intuition that you're a likable person or not they and so you mm. kind of run your campaign like so it's demonic so with all this demonic mm, ingesting of demonic um content so to speak in our culture it's not surprising that we would be attracted to a place like you know new york city mm. and it's not until you develop a spiritual conception of life does it be or just like it doesn't have to be fully spiritual just a sense that you want to be a better person Mm. Does it occur to you that the environment you place yourself in is critical mm. for your development in spirituality or in being, you know, the best version of yourself or however you want to put it? It doesn't really occur to you how important your environment is to do that until you start taking interest in doing so. Mm. So um, anyway, I get the attraction. I think it's a really interesting point in like what you're bringing up that it, it, it's understandable. Like it makes sense why one would be attracted to that because like we were brought up in that landscape and I can't remember which chit chat. Maybe it was like, oh, well, obviously it wasn't this weekend because we didn't do chit chat. Environment beats nurture. I think yeah, that was a phrase. Yeah. Environment be beats nurture. Nurture. Yeah. Um, yes, for sure. Absolutely. Sid. But no, I was going to say that the recommendation we were, I can't remember in what context we were speaking about this, but speaking about the recommendation for the neophyte devotee is to be in the Dom. Yes. That comes and, from a specific commentary uh, in the fourth canto of the Bhagavatam. And I thought that that was so interesting because I think that right now, so many of us, I mean, I personally, I can speak for myself. I feel like I have an opportunity, like the, the slate is kind of wiped clean and you know, we're all, we've all been displaced in some, in some way or another. And I think that uh, many people in New York have been displaced. And for me, like, 
there's definitely been that itch of like, should I go back to New York? Or like, even when I was in New York, I was like, should I stay here? I don't know. But really like that, that question kept on coming up to my mind of like, what is good for my spiritual life? Right. Like right now, right now, what is good for my spiritual life? And uh, the answer was definitely not New York. <laughs> so I left. And I keep on asking myself that question. And thankfully, I, you know, thank Krishna, I have the, the ability and the luxury to move around. And we've joked about it for a long time about like right from the beginning of the chit chat, we were like, get me out of here, get me to Vrindavan. I'm looking up tickets to Vrindavan like this, like this. But I don't know, bro, like more and more, I seriously feel that way. I'm just like, when is India opening up? No, when I can know. I it's, get to it's getting it? serious for me. It's getting, serious. it's getting critical for me because, as you all know, I do have a conspiratorial leaning <laughs> in my thinking. Without you know, without looking stuff up, I have a sort of conspiratorial intuition. Hmm. So I'm just for me, it's like getting to the critical mark where like I need to get out of the country ASAP. Uh, especially ideally before elections are really upon us. Um, because once they start rolling out some of these things like vaccines and all that, and there's sort of this like obligation to get vaccinated, if you want to continue to participate in mainstream culture, they are probably impose certain obligations upon the community. Mm. And if you refuse to participate, if you refuse to get vaccinated, then okay, then you can't participate in mainstream culture. You can't live in the city. You can't fly around. You can't do so many things if you don't agree to that. So I'm like figuring like I'm definitely one of those persons who won't be wanting to participate in the vaccinated world. I don't want to be I don't want to get vaccinated with all that nasty shit they put in there. So mm -hmm. then I'm like telling myself, well, if you're not going to obl be obliging, then you better make sure you're in a place that you're OK to be with for the rest of your life because you mm -hmm. might not be able to move around. So it's mm. been, I've been more like concerned about is and they're gonna open up. And my cello is still there. So it's still, <laughs> it's still at the forefront of my mind. I feel like you, you've been, definitely been talking about the cello since the beginning of the I want the cello. It cost <laughs> a lot of money that I didn't have that magically came upon me. And I really wanted to learn. Like that was mm. supposed to be my thing. Anyway, mm. sorry. No, someone someone was saying devotee association is key. And I think that that's, it's, you know, you've, you've definitely had the mercy of like being around devotees the whole time. But like for me, right the whole time, I think like you went right away to Florida and you were with devotees and like this. And for me, I was like with my family and it was just like, I mean, I love my family. They're great, whatever. But it was a lot. And uh, the, when the devotees arrived here, it was like this, this like, you know, this breath of fresh air, this like cooling moonlight, it was just like, ah, like I felt their presence. I felt more encouraged and engaged to do like my japa like well and nicely. And it's just, it's just, it's just such an important thing. And one thing I will say, it's like devotee sangha is important. And also like, how do I put this without making any offenses? Um, okay, I'll use myself as an example. That, 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 that is best. That's that that, that best. It's like when I'm in New York, when I am in New York City or when I'm like in a big city that's like intense, Maya, like this and this, like, oof. I, I, I try my best to act like a devotee, but like me and my friends here, like we were talking about the devotees that are here. We were talking about like going to Vrindavan, going to India, even if it's for two months, three months, just to kind of recharge the batteries. And they were saying like, 
yeah, I want to go just so I can like be an actual devotee. Like remember what it's like to like be an actual <laughs> devotee, you know? Right. Because I feel right, like right. sometimes I feel like sometimes in living in like big city, the job, the this, the responsibilities, the et cetera, it's like it's like devotional life becomes like a little slice of the pie chart that has become your life because right, you live right. in like a crazy, you know, rat race city. So it's like work is this much and like this is this much and like that 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 and then like devotional life is like this little sliver <laughs> it, maybe maybe let's be real maybe it's like this yeah. tiny sliver if, if we're doing good <laughs> if we're doing good if we're doing good it's like this tiny sliver and i'm like and personally like i've become more and more aware of that like as i've had space away from it i've become more and more aware of like how much that was the case and i'm just like i can't go back to that like that's that's how personally i feel like i can't go back to that so no joke about Vrindavan, but also like, it's not just Vrindavan, of course, Vrindavan and the Dham and India is there like this, but I think it's really the, I don't know, it's really the mindset. It's really like this, the city and the energy of the city and the energy of the people that are present in the city, like they have such a huge influence on you, regardless of how much you do want, you know? So in like Gore Lila, there's this pastime Y'all may not like to hear it because it's a little extreme. Go but there's this pastime where um, Mahaprabhu, <laughs> I don't even know. I'm going to mess up the, some of the details a little bit, but this is funny. Mahaprabhu, I think he's taken sannyas by now. Maybe he's a grass. I don't remember precisely. But he walks past like a materialist. And like a materialist in his time, they were still like pious. A lot. There were still mm. a lot of pious materialists in the Karmakanda. But they like walked past him and he saw them and they immediately tried they like tried to touch his feet and maybe they did touch his feet because that is a very common custom in india that you see some sadhu you may touch their feet you know they get and ask for blessings and so on as soon as a materialistic person touched maharu's feet uh maharu <laughs> ran and jumped in the ganga with all his clothes on <laughs> And, he, and then he quotes some verse saying that if you see a materialist, then immediately you should jump in the Ganga with all your clothes on and be purified <laughs> from seeing a materialistic person. And I remember like when I first read that, I was like, I would have to just be in the Ganga all day because <laughs> you know I live in a place like New York. That's all you see are materialistic people. And then there are other verses uh, we you stumble upon in Shastra where it will say things basically to the effect, don't see, don't mm. see. You know, if you see a Vishayi or, uh, or a, a, a lady, then you'll be finished. And I used to always wonder, like, why are they always saying, don't see, don't see, don't see. But then after living in New York for so long, <laughs> yeah, you're just like, don't even see. That becomes a problem. And mm. you're... It's like kind of like dye. If you if there's a clear cup of water yeah. and you put a drop of dye in it, then it spreads throughout the whole cup of water within no time. So when you see materialism, you know, and, and your eyes like dye, it just like enters into the psyche and pollutes it, you know, almost fully until your whole psyche becomes like hijacked by that mentality. Mm. Therefore, there was this whole culture like don't even see a materialist, you know, and I've been in Brudge with certain sadhus where they don't want to leave Brudge precisely they said because why, why, who would I see if I left Brudge I would see mm. all these non-devotees and how that would impact my consciousness of mm. course when you become accustomed to seeing such things 
then you don't think it's a big deal. You know, it's like when we, you know, like watching something on, let's say, like a Netflix or some streaming channel or something. And you see it and you're accustomed to seeing, so you don't think it's a big deal in your psyche. But then when you like spend some time apart from it, let's say you go to the Dom for one or two or three months and you're like really been a good devotee, then suddenly you come back to the culture you're actually accustomed to. Then it suddenly impacts your psyche in a very heavy way. And you realize mm. like how much it, it drags you down. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. Please. No, I was just going to say Sid made this comment. Shouldn't devotional life become all of the pie, the pie chart? Ideally, ideally, I'm going to focus in on that word. Ideally, work, study, eating, etc. should all be in tune with devotional service. Yes. <laughs> and I think it's such a sweet, Sid, honest question. Thank you, Sid, for your sweet, honest question. So, Yes, the answer is yes. However, I think that Jai Jagannath, you just gave such a perfect example of like our existence or our mind being like that cup of water. And we've done so much work. We've done so much work to put that water through the filters, purify it, do whatever we need to do. I've gone to the Dham, I've bathed in the Ganga, I've done everything. And then I go into New York all of a sudden and I see some crazy shit in the subway. And all of a sudden there's like that dye that goes into the cup of water and it just percolates and it spreads through all my mind. And, and that's that folks. And, you I know, remember, I, and I, yeah, yeah, go for it. No, sorry. I remember once being in New York, I probably shared this, but I was walking behind someone on my way back to the Bhakti Center. And someone said something extremely vulgar, which is, I can't repeat it. It was like extremely vulgar. And I heard it because they were standing like they were walking right in front of me and they said, said this nasty thing. And all of a sudden I was just like, God, get out, get out. And it was just like in my psyche so hard, you know, and it was so mm. disturbing and so agitating. And I tried to shake it off, but I could, it was like, you know, I often give this analogy. It's like flies, like you shake your head and it's just like, zzz, mm. like and it was just it was just like in my psyche and i was just like i hate this place <laughs> I, I think okay and i think i think that this is somehow turning into like an anti-new york tirade i know <laughs> right sorry my are bad but, but what i do want to say what i do want to say everyone is that i'm a born and raised new yorker okay i love new york i think it's a very interesting city but i think that nothing should be beyond our nothing should be beyond our investigation and our like deep dive into understanding like what is this place that i'm living in and and why is it affecting me in this way and etc because i because i think that like you know we're going to bring back this word which we haven't used in a while but like these blanketisms that happen where it's just like i love new york and if you you know new yorkers tend to have that i love new york and if you don't love new york get out like it's this very like intense kind of attitude or like people kind of being like there's this very common thing of just like, well, New York makes you tough or New York makes you rough. And you can say that yeah, about any big, not... and you could say, you can say that about yeah. any big city, like any big intensity. It's like, oh yeah, well, you know, you see all the awful things, but it, it makes you, you know, thick skinned or whatever. And I'm just like, I don't know how that's lauded in kind of modern times as like such a high value to like, be thick skinned and unemotional. Like I've told this story before folks on, on chit chat, but like, I remember like when I was a child, I was like five years old, like five, six, seven, five, six years old. And I, this is like one of a burning memory of childhood in my mind. 
where I was on a New York City subway. And this was like back in like, I don't know, like the early 90s where like New York was just, it was like just coming out of like the, 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 the intense craziness. Like the subway cars still had graffiti all over them. Like it wasn't like how mm. it is now. Like it was still, it was still a little bit more, it was scarier than it is now. Let's put it that way. And I remember my dad, like I was like looking at this one person and I was like staring, I was like sitting and I was just like looking at the person and my dad like, like grabbed me by he was like, and he was like, don't look at people in the eye on the subway. <laughs> and I was like, what? I was like five years old. I was like, what? I was like crying. I was like, why? He was like, don't ever look at people in the subway in the eye. And I was like, why not? And like, I was crying and I, you know, had a whole thing. But afterwards, he took me off the subway and, and he explained it to me. And he was like, don't look at people in the subway in the eye because people are crazy in this city and like someone could come for you. And I was like, okay. And like that really, and like for me, that was personally, that was kind of traumatizing actually. Like it wasn't even like, oh, I'm thick skinned, I'm this big New Yorker. Like personally, like as a child and even as a grown up, I'm just like, God, why is it like this? You know, like this is so strange and weird and even when you go you know let's not even talk about the dom or india but like even when you go to any other i don't know uh smaller city maybe in the united states i can't speak too much of the united states i haven't traveled much in the united states by choice um but like in latin america or any other country you go to like in general people tend to be like you know you can kind of talk to people you can kind of look people in the eye like you're not gonna there's not this like this like intense jadedness or armor or shield that we have to build up because like, blah, blah, blah. Personally, I think that that's a very, I don't know. I feel like that's a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a symptom of the Asuric kind of tendencies of the Asuric kind of city where it's just like, I'm participating in it. But at the same time, because I've made the choice of participating in it, I have to build up a really intense shield to somehow make it through. Yes. Um, you want to read Mount Vapori's thing? I have a yeah. positive note, everyone, just since we did spend half the time just saying. <laughs> Disparaging. Bad, you're doomed if you go to the. <laughs> I have something, but you can read that. I'm going to. Uh, okay. Mount Vapori says so many aspects of our being are under the influence of Maya, and we don't even realize. And he says, I saw this quote recently You can't get out of prison unless you know you're in it. Yes, this is very, very nice. Not of a puri. I've heard that too, that you can't get out of prison unless you know that you're in it. And yeah, what's, what's your positive point, Jaya? Oh, no, I can't hear you, Jaya. Oh, it's like super laggy. That laggy though? Is it better? It's better. It's better. Um, um Okay, if you all can hear me, this is a positive one. This is a song by Boxing Now Talk Chord about Doms. So you want to hear it? I'm just gonna read it. So it goes here, My Dear Mind. This is from a book called Kalyana Couple Turu. So in in the other yugas or in Vaikunta, there's a belief that there's this Mithri called Kalpaturu, which means a wish-fulfilling tree. If you stand before the tree, it fulfills your wish. So Bhakti Nantakura has written a songbook called Kalyana Kalpaturu, 
the wish fulfilling tree of auspiciousness. And in his 14th song, which is called, in the section called Ubedesha, which means instructions to the mind, he writes about this thing. So, the Dham. So it goes like this. My dear mind, you are always attached to all the different places of pilgrimage, such as Ayodhya, Mathura, Maya, Kashi, Benares, Kanchi, Purna, uh, Pura, Avantia, Dwarka, and so on. You want to travel to all these holy places of pilgrimage. And again, simply to, for the sake of obtaining liberation from material miseries. I don't see what's the problem with that, but he's kind of saying this <laughs> in a disparaging way. Um, but we actually see that your heart is not becoming resolutely fixed up by going to all these places. Hmm. Therefore, all of your wonderings are simply useless labor for nothing tangible. Okay, where are you going with this? This don't sound positive. So he goes on to say this. The ripened fruit and real benefit of any place of pilgrimage is the company of the pure-hearted mm. devotees of the Lord. Establishing intimate and friendly relations with such devotees, let your mind be captivated by performing the charming worship of Lord Krishna in their association. Actually, mm. any place in the entire world, this is the positive part, becomes a worshipable place of pilgrimage if devotees are living there. Thus, you should immediately seek out such a place wherever you have to be, and you should become fixed up in Christian consciousness by constantly remaining in the company of such devotees. Personally, this is Bhakti Nautakur speaking, personally, I never bother to visit any so-called place of pilgrimage, which is devoid of the presence of unalloyed devotees, for what other worthwhile benefit could possibly be gained by taking the trouble of walking to such faraway places? <laughs> Only that place which is graced by the presence of the devotees is actually Brindavan. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I just want to say thank you on that point. And only at that place can you come in contact with unlimited spiritual pleasure. Um, last one, liberation personified is herself the humble maidservant of that place, which is surcharged with devotion to Krishna. All the water of that place is the celestial Ganges. What? Mm -hmm. Every hill there is Giri Govardhan, and the very earth is indeed Brindavan. Only such mm. a place can manifest the appearance of the essential spiritual joy, which is revealed by the Lord's pleasure potency. I ask now, dear brother, now this is a soul kind of talking to the mind. I ask you now, dear brother, what benefit would I get by circumambulating all the holy places of pilgrimage? Personally, my vow is to serve the Vaishnavas with firm resolution and untiring endeavor. So I call mm -hmm. this, I said this is positive. So, because we're, you know, I'm talking about going to Dom and these cities are demonic. But here I want to qualify that or edit that by saying that wherever there is a presence of devotees engaged in pure Krishna bhakti, that place is actually a pilgrimage. So, arguably, mm -hmm. New York is a wonderful place of pilgrimage as well. I mean, mm. after all, through the Prabhupada started the Hare Krishna movement there, and there's still many communities of devotees there performing wonderful devotional service. And in their company, so many are being benefited even to this moment, what to speak mm. of year by year. Um, so I wanted to just bring that point out as a positive. Once a devotee, as I, I was talking, to, this is years ago, 
we were cutting up vegetables for our Sunday feast. And I asked a devotee what was his favorite place of pilgrimage. So he gave some place, you know, in India, which is the natural place. And then he asked me what was my favorite place. I, maybe I asked him what was the favorite place in Vrindavan. So then he asked me what was my favorite place in Vrindavan. And Indra Prabhu. So hmm. he, he was a little taken. He said, well, that's a person, not a place. And mm. then I read this song to him from Bhakti Nautakur, which I was mm. aware of at that time. I said, my favorite place in Vrindavan is Ayendra Prabhu. Because mm. wherever there was that Sangha, there only you felt you had access to the Dham. In fact, after, after Ayendra Prabhu left his body, you could say a lot of acolytes, you know, we were all from all over the world. We didn't even feel mm. inspired to go back to Vrindavan because we were like, says, do we have now to Vrindavan? Now that I mm. had, had left. So our access to a holy place, even like Vrindavan, is the company that we keep. And so provided we can find mm. our good company, then we can find ourselves in the holy places of Krishna. So mm. having disparaged the cities, I thought we, I would at least end on this more <laughs> positive element as a, as a source of encouragement because all of us are not going to be ready or prepared to drop everything and move to the dawn. I certainly am. As soon as that thing <laughs> opens, if y'all don't hear from me again, if there's no church, I apologize. I do love you, but I love Vrindavan more. So that's just where I'm at right now in my spiritual life. But um, I do want to say, on the other hand, whether in Vrindavan or some other place in the world, the real point is the company that we're keeping. And, mm. um, and there you will find all the holy places residing in that sense. And mm. um, I, I always found this prayer to be very solace and, and inspiring. So I thought I would mm. share it with the group. Mm. I think that that's a thank you for veering it towards the positive end because I think that Leo Hyrens had to embrace NYC because Radha Mulidar wanted to be in the city. Haribo, yes. <laughs> Radha Mulidar did, did want to be in the city. Um, what was I going to say? Thank you for ending it on that positive note because I think that, you know, from a personal experience, and I think we all have this personal experience that, like, perhaps the mind becomes dissatisfied or whatever, you know, there's so many dissatisfactions and, like, well, I, I'm not in the place that I want to be physically. I'm not in the place I want to be... I don't know, financially, career, whatever, whatever it is, relationship, this and that. Right. And, it's, and it's very easy to say, when I, when I go over there, when I get that person or when I get that job or, you know what, I'm leaving the country like this and it's going to change everything. But we are all, at all times taking the, our own situation with us. We are at all times taking our own mind with us. And bhakti is not a, I mean, I, we're all very aware of this, but it's good to reiterate it, that bhakti is not like a, solitary practice and it's meant to be practiced with other devotees it's meant to be practiced in sangha we're meant to right. uplift each other and bring each other enthusiasm and so if you don't have that it's it's really like you can go like you're saying like i love this point that you said that once i andrew prabhu left that like there was not so much inspiration to go back to vrindavan because he was the access to vrindavan and so yes. i think i think that really it's like yeah how do i how do i make those decisions of where i want to be in life based on my sangha, based on my spiritual um, inspirations. Like, what is inspiring me spiritually in this moment? Okay, let me go be there. And I think that, that yes. honestly, if we, if we measured our life choices, if, like, that was the measure of our life choices, it would be so different. 
you know it was so different like extremely different yes hmm okay okay <laughs> i think that was a good save Jai Jagannath, so that we didn't go down the, the nyc disparaging right. rant too much thank you for that because i could have kept on going oh uh, but thank you thank you all and so no, much you know why else i hate new york thank you for bringing it back to the spiritual back to even no time core uh thank you all so much for for being here thank you gerald and pb chat thank you madhava puri for your wonderful comments and sid thank you all santivani radha thank you jaya jagannath and we, will, we shall see you thank you harry ball harry ball hadi hadi later hadi 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 ball